Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by a guy who's gone his name, his next son, Puig, the button lover, Josh Soroka. Puig, I, I don't know. Do you think we're getting, you want to just jump right into, yes, uh, what is it, Yasiel? Puig. Gassiel Puig, yeah. All right, I thought I said that right. Uh, yeah, I've been going around licking everything, getting ready for Puig. It's a little weird down here in Florida, yeah. but look, it, I'm doing it for good luck, licking door, doorknobs everywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and, and you can make all the jokes you want, but he would immediately walk on, I think, be our best offensive player. He's also he a good outfielder. He would be. He also yeah. happened to be short on outfielders at the time. So he would undoubtedly make our make our team better. Yeah. Um, well, outside of that, yeah, yeah. we just have he, guys falling off left and right on this team. We're losing we're losing so many guys. Uh, well, well, we still don't know, open. and 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 we got a packed show, so we're jumping right in. We're going to go to an interview with uh, the, the assistant general manager of the Bowie Bay Sox here in a minute. But but the the weird thing is, is this weird? We're missing Santander and. Dwight Smith Jr. Yep. And we still don't know why, right? It could be anything, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. Well, it could be anything. <laughs> sure. I think... It, it could be literally anything, right? Well, I think, it's, I think it's somehow COVID-related. How, how come, Josh? How come... But I don't think we're allowed you to cannot, say... How come reporters cannot even speculate about COVID when if it was the flu or if it was like a hamstring pull... Or, or, or another injury, or even if the injury occurred at home or an illness, like the reporters would be trying to find out what that is. With COVID, it's like no one asks because they don't want to know. Is that the deal? Like why? I don't really understand the difference. <laughs> the difference, well, it's twofold. Once any conversation about the coronavirus immediately goes into politics and things blowing up. So I'm sure there's a sensitivity of uh, staying away from that. And and uh, and then so just, you don't say they have COVID because it's too political to say they have COVID. If if Rock posted a thing about COVID, it would be a million comments about oh well these guys are young they'll be fine or this or that or that. I don't know. There's also the Do Health think, Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. HIPAA. Yeah. How is how is HIPAA? The HIPAA, it doesn't apply to other things? Well, it just applies to COVID? I don't know. I think, I'm telling you, we talked about this last week or something where a player pointed it out that there was a tweet and got all upset that someone uh, got outed as a, as a COVID guy. So, yeah. the... Uh, I think they need to come up so with a new name to, for COVID. <laughs> I don't know. Well, according to, I saw Brian Cashman earlier on ESPN earlier this week. And he said, we're allowed to talk about numbers, but we're not allowed to talk about individual names. It's up to those individuals to decide if they want to announce it 
as a group. With the media, we're going to have some conversations about what we can talk about and what we can't talk about. We're not at liberty to say which injured list is a player is placed on. It's But it, if there's the other, like, the, Josh, but Richie Martin. Yes. Richie Martin, uh, uh, he, he broke yeah, his hand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That was reported. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it's an injury. They will report it. It's the same rules that we had five or six years ago about if a player was gay or not. Everyone in the locker room can know, but you're not allowed to be the one to publicly say it. That person can come out and say it when he wants. And for some reason, Dwight Smith Jr. has not came out and said, I have the COVID. Which is weird well, because I, it's not I guess it's it was AIDS, the same with um, cancer. But I guess, I guess it, it was the same with right? It, yes. And Trey came out and announced it on his time. So I guess COVID is with is like that. <laughs> COVID like and cancer? cancer are at the same level. I don't know. It seems very weird because it seems like COVID is like so prevalent that I don't know. Is it part of baseball maybe? And like, do you think baseball is concerned if like the Orioles have two players that have it and the Red Sox have three and the Yankees have one and the Diamondbacks have four that they're going to get this backlash of they shouldn't be playing, so they're trying to just keep it quiet, maybe? Yeah, I mean, and Michael Elias has expressed concern about the false positives, like test positive, but you don't really have it. But even then, I think that's, it's, you can explain it. Hey, test positive, we tested him two more times and came back negative both times. No, I'm, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's all because of this fear over HIPAA. And it's, yeah. it's silly that, like, yeah, it's silly How, that you can, can say. Can I ask another question about, about COVID? If we're going to play baseball with COVID. Uh-huh. Well, we're not going to play with COVID. We're going to play baseball with COVID on the outside of the bubble. Yes. And I hear this 14-day thing all the time. Mm-hmm. So is that once you test negative, 14 days after that? Uh, I think you... So you could have it for like a uh, week or two weeks, no, and then so you could be out for I like think, two months. No, I think once you test positive, you have to wait fourteen days. Fourteen days for your next test, and then after that, you can go back to playing baseball. I think you need two negative tests back to back. But if you have a hit, but if you hit another positive test, you got to wait another fourteen days. Mm. Something like that. I don't know. And what I don't get is this whole. We talked last week about how some teams were like delaying practice and stuff because of waiting for results and stuff. But then down here in Florida, the NBA is like testing players as they're walking in the arena and having answers immediately. So I don't, I don't yeah. get what's going on with why, ba- why baseball doesn't have this fast, fast test and stuff. I, I've even seen people talk about on Facebook that they got the response back in 15 minutes. Camden went and I, we took Camden had a little fever last week. I think I talked about it on here. And we took her yeah. and she had her results within 15 minutes. But when you did it, how long did it take for, for, to get your Oh, almost back? a week. Yeah, see? Yeah. It's just, and I've heard people saying, taking up to 15 days. Yeah, and, I, and right, and that's the thing is, I don't know. I don't know. It's all, nobody knows the and truth. And I've heard rumors that some tests are more reliable than other tests. I don't know if that's related to the 15 minutes or the two right, weeks. Right, right. I don't know. I don't know. And there's just, hear there's so many unknowns. Doesn't mean I, part of it is, and no I, I think we talked about it on here, too. I always forget. We've had so many conversations on here about COVID because of not having sports for three months while we do a sports podcast. But And because, like, if a baseball season happens, is entirely connected to COVID, yes. right? Oh, totally. But it's also, like, this thing where it's a, it's a new virus, and no one will admit that it's a new virus that nobody knows anything about. 
Right. And that makes and so people want to want to make say things. Yeah, everyone makes statements that are facts, and there's a whole yeah. lot of facts, and then you check the facts, and it's not facts. And then you have to be prepared to kind of change your statement. And that like people like it to have a statement and not go away. Well, with it's it. like uh, and not go away from it. But but then sometimes you got to get more facts and then then change your statement a little bit. Well, yeah, it's like in March when Fauci said, uh, "Don't wear masks. A mask doesn't do anything." Now he's yes. changed his mind. But the internet is filled with people posting the video from March. It's not like he's a flip flopper. You get more information and you update your right. Your he's opinion. not a flip flopper. Well, we just didn't know, and we're learning. Yeah. So it's like, and it's yeah. It's just society's weird now. I just no one no, no one will ever say like I don't know though, or no one will ever say I just I need more information no, before I make I a decision. No, I think we had this conversation. No I think we had this conversation last week. No, no one will say that. And I can't wait to see what happens in November with this, if it's as big of a deal, or if we're past well, it in football season. Suddenly, November tenth, football stadiums can open up and have fans in. It's going to be weird. Well, I I thought I I was sure that the summer meant it's going away, at least going ninety nine percent away. Maybe that's I, I assumed that was the case. I don't Everyone know. Everyone going outside, the, the I mean, you know, gets killed by the it, hot air. All right. I'm in Florida. Remember the epicenter. I got so irritated this morning because I had the news on. You're always on the news now, Josh. No, there's nothing else. So many else. new cases. New record of there's, new cases. Exactly. And there's nothing else. And the news that I, that I watched this morning had some expert on there talking about how Florida is now worse than New York ever was. And I was like, yes. that's unbelievable. So I looked up the numbers. And it's not. The numbers do not make. Uh, the numbers are not what this lady said. This lady on the news had, 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 it was talking science, 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 and then makes this statement. So I Googled New York versus Florida, and New York had, has had 406 cases. Florida has had 270 cases. New York has had 30. You're talking about thousands? Yeah, yeah, cases, thousands. Okay, yeah. New, yeah. New York has had 32,000 deaths. Florida has had 4,000 deaths. And I'm like, well, Florida's not going to have any deaths yet because the numbers are peaking now. So I mean, yeah, two, three weeks way, is when even, the deaths will happen. Maybe, yeah. but either I mean, we've been hearing this for two weeks about how Florida's the epicenter. And yeah. it's just like I'm tired of people going on the news and making a statement to scare everyone like, oh, Florida's worse than New York ever was. And then you look at the math and you're like, wait, this, doesn't, this isn't facts. Come back to yeah. me when and, it's a real fact. Don't just go up there and talk science, 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 which it used to be. That science was based on facts. Now science is all based on models and charts, apparently, and opinion. Yeah, and 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 I'm okay saying here's where it's at. We need to watch this, right? Like these numbers are too high. We need to watch this. Be but, open but, to me. Don't try but to people scare want, me. People want sport hot takes. Yeah. Well, no, and they and it, yeah, and it's all it's, and it's so much politics. Don't tell, I mean right now California is still is doing worse than Florida. But all the headlines are Florida. And you, yeah. it's got to be because people down here just love Trump, which they do. Yeah. I've never seen so many Trump lovers as I am down here. And there's a yeah. lot of stupid people down here not wearing masks. And I get that. But it's also— So what you're trying to say is coronavirus is really a hoax invented by the Democratic Party. No. And come November, it'll go away. No. No. After the election. Partially. Okay. I'm saying, uh, I'm saying, I'm saying it's not, I'm saying it's um, real. I am not one of the crazy people down here that think it's a hoax, 
But I do think that come the election, the news will start talking about something else. Because we had a nice two weeks there where we cared about black people and not about the coronavirus. And now we're back to the coronavirus. Right. I think it has something to do with the, the numbers. But you're right. We're, we're, we're often a victim of the moment. Hey, let's talk about Puig. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's what I want to know about Yasiel Puig. Yeah. You think the Orioles, here, I, you know, they, they signed Iglesias, the shortstop. The thing I love about that deal is it's a one-year option, Orioles option for a second year, right? So if he yeah. does one year and then you feel like, oh, Richie Martin's ready, or okay. one year and Mason McCoy is ready, you mm-hmm. can get Iglesias out of here. Right. But if you don't have a shortstop, he's coming back next year. Okay. Does it make sense for the Orioles to sign Yasiel Puig for one year, these 60 games where we're not really competing? It's, or do you think they're working on some type of two- or three-year, kind of a year-with-an-option type deal? I, I think it's very—I think the whole—all right. I like, I like the idea of watching Puig as an Oriole. I love he's, it. He's a fun player. He's exciting. I w- wish we had him on this team five years ago when the team was exciting. Here's what I don't yeah. get about this move. So let's say it's a one-year move, all right? Yes. So he comes sure. and he takes we're, up. A, we're doing interest squad games without a right fielder, so we need outfielders. All right. If you really want to go there, every team is doing inter squad games without, an out, without a right fielder. It's not just Josh. the Orioles. They're all doing it because nobody has six to eight outfielders in their, okay. in their camp. But when we opened our camp, we had four outfielders. I know. Then two of them went missing. <laughs> two. Yes, I get that. <laughs> but, most, but I'm saying a lot of people are making a big deal about the Orioles playing without a right fielder when a lot of these camps opened up with four to five outfielders. Like okay, fine. We could always – but, I mean, we could always bring up a veteran, Mason Williams, and play outfield, sure. What I don't understand about Puig is you can stick anybody in that hole. Puig yeah. would be awesome. And I, all right, without the coronavirus, say we're in February and, and they're making this move for Puig, I'd say awesome move. That's going to get people to come out to the stadium just to see Puig. Without using him as an attraction, I don't you quite don't think get it. What he would do for the Orioles. It's, this isn't Nelson Cruz. No one's and a buying guy tickets to go see Puig because no one's buying tickets. Yeah. Right, exactly. You can't do Puig night. You can't do like a lick the bat night or a lick, lick the. You can't do any type of lick promotion. I don't even know if you can show him licking the bat on TV with everything going on. So, yeah, it's just a weird time to do this. But also, yeah. he's just sitting there. Right. And so Mike Elias might think, oh, here's a really good value I can get, and so let me just do it because it's a great value. And that would, be, the, and that would be go back to your thing of, did we offer him a three-year deal? Or a deal right. where but we like, have options? Because that makes the, more sense because you're going to need the, a veteran. Right. The perfect deal would be, I think, a two-year uh, two with an option for a three. And there's also, I mean, you, you can make their argument that we have, you know, the Cuban right fielder, um, at AAA, using now Diaz from Cuba, Puig's from Cuba, some kind of mentorship role there. Right. And that he's, was my uh, question. Puig's only tw- only twenty nine, so th- right. playing three more years. He's been I mean, in he's the be for he's a been in the league for seven years. Sure. Um, is he known as a leader? I know he's a fun guy, but is he a guy that we can see as a veteran presence? I don't remember any stories of him as like a leader. I mean, I mean, he'll lead you running out for a brawl. Allegiant, that <laughs> right, right, okay. I mean, I, I think he's 
He's known a little bit of a hothead. I mean, he's, he's, he's known to be a little bit of an instigator. Um, but also a little bit of, um, I don't know, like a little bit of a firecracker, you know, a, 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 to provide some, um, can steal a base when you need to, and, uh, can, can get up in, in, in someone's face. And I'm okay with that too. Like not everyone has to be the Trey Mancini type, type leader. And I was like, thinking without fans at the stadium, we have these big parking lots that are just empty right now. So we could easily paint one as a helicopter landing spot. Well, see, I don't. He's not playing in LA. I think he can get along quite well in Baltimore, just driving his very nice car. I'm sure. Yeah, but what if they have a game in DC? You don't want to drive down 95 and 495 and all. You take the helicopter. I don't know. I think after playing in LA for a while, everything's going to seem like oh, like live on the Eastern Shore, traffic-wise. That's how I feel down here in Florida. <laughs> I'm going like 85 miles an hour down 95. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. So I get that. So I yeah, no, know. but I I like it. I, I'm super excited, even if it's only for one year, sixty games. I really don't get it. Like I'm with you. Is it? I still want it to happen. Are you surprised that that news came out when Friday or Saturday? I think Saturday that news came out, and there's been no update today. We're back to yeah. recording on Mondays, so I mean, that's part it's, of it. It kind of blows my mind that there's not a con- like a contender. Who could use them? I mean, he played very well for the Indians down the stretch last year, about almost three hundred. Um, I don't. Is this like a sign him and hope he continues to bat like he did the end of last year and a trade chip after after twenty games or whatever? Maybe that's that was one thought I had. But this game, this season's so weird that you don't really know. Um, but I mean, yeah. Or maybe you you see how it goes and you can entice him to come back and re-sign him. Can, um, uh, can you mix a little Puig magic with some Orioles magic and make this season interesting? I don't know. Like he's a good I mean, player, I, but yeah, I'm cur- I'm really curious to see if it's just a 60 game thing or if, if they do a two year or three year. Cause I mean, you could argue we could be a competitive team in three years and, and Puig could be yes. a veteran presence on a competitive team. Oh yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we're still sticking with our 2023. That's that's projection. Yeah, yeah, we're still there, yeah. and yeah, Puig is definitely a a good replacement in the lineup for Trey Mancini. So I hope it happens. It's fun. I can't think of uh, a player that would be more fun to watch right now. Like when you want to bring just joy back to baseball, where we just want to have fun, and this team's gonna lose games, but if we can have fun doing it. Who would you rather watch? A Ryan Mountcastle play right field, a little experiment, or Yasiel Puig for 60 games for the Orioles? <laughs> I would like to uh, leave Mountcastle at the taxi squad. Yeah. I, 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 think, eh. I think Brandon Hyde's uh, words this week about Ryan Mountcastle and about making a comment about how he's not ready defensively and needs some more reps is telling, along with the late invite. So, yeah. If we, uh, Mountcastle isn't ready. Bring me some Puig. Yeah. But I am disappointed that you. we will not have any Puig giveaways this year. Yeah. Well, let's hope for an option a for a second deal. year. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me two years and an option for a third. That's the dream deal right there. Um, speaking, Josh, you mentioned the taxi squad where Ryan Mountcastle is going. You want to talk to someone from the Bowie Bay Sox right now? Yeah. Let's get Phil on the phone. Section 36 is excited to be joined now by Phil Rye, Assistant General Manager 
of the Bowie Bay Sox. Phil, thank you for joining Section 336. Hey, thanks for having me tonight. I look forward to it. Matt, I was sure, I was sure you were going to introduce with some assistant to joke. thought you were going to uh, go with no. assistant to the general manager. No, I don't know Phil well enough to, to, to make that joke yet. I might make it by the end, <laughs> end of the interview. No, but Phil, I feel, like, I feel like we should start here, and I don't even know how to ask this first question. Um, I want to ask about, like, your past three months, but to ask how your job has been impacted is, is I mean, there has been no Bowie Bay Sox season. So what has the past few months been like for, for you with no base sock season? Well, it's been, uh, you know, it's been difficult for us and, and also for the minor league baseball industry. I mean, 160 teams worth of uh, some really, uh, really great people have been kind of uh, waiting. I, I guess we've been, for lack of a better term, knowing that the season was not going to happen, but just waiting for that you know, final nail in the coffin on the, on the 2020 minor league season, uh, which mm-hmm. came last week. And, um, you know, as, as the days and weeks kind of ticked by, we, you know, we knew uh, without knowing officially. And, uh, you know, our, our focus had kind of shifted uh, many weeks ago towards what can we do uh, that is okay through the CDC and through, uh, our our county and and through the state that might be able to uh, be something that we can bring to the ballpark that would be good for our community for our fans for our uh, you know even for us just to just to kind of uh, you know break out of that uh, you know the inevitable uh, news that we were going to get so we've been working hard for for many months on things that we're hopefully going to be able to do at the ballpark in, you know, July, August, September, October, um, our County and Prince George's County is kind of a, uh, a, a little bit, um, you know, reluctant for some bigger events, but, uh, but we're working with them on that. Um, you know, and we've really kind of done planned on doing things at the ballpark that, you know, really kind of help the organization just kind of, you know, stay afloat to be honest with you um not that we're in jeopardy of going away or anything but you know like i mentioned at the at the start this has been kind of a tough time for our industry and many teams and organizations across minor league baseball have had to lay off staff and and we're we're included in that um you know june 30th wasn't a, a pretty day for minor league baseball not only for the season being over but a lot of a lot of great people um you know, not being uh, employed anymore. And, and, you know, we, uh, we had to go through that as well, but we've done everything at the ballpark from having a chicken sale. Um, I did say sell chicken. Uh, we, we partnered up with a, with a chicken farm over on the Eastern shore, Mount air, uh, Mount air farms. And, and we sold 40 pound boxes of bulk chicken. Uh, we sold almost 60,000 pounds of chicken and, and wow. through that, we were able to uh, actually have um, about 10,000 of those pounds purchased and donated to three area food banks in our community. So uh, that was a big plus uh, through through that, that we're able to help out so many people in our community through that. And uh, we just finished up our first youth baseball camp uh, at the ballpark last week. And uh, we had 60 kids out there that were just having the time of their lives um, typically that camp or those camps that we do are taught by our coaches and our players. 
uh, although we don't have them in town because we don't have a team. So uh, we were able to partner up with the Orioles Hall of Famer, Al Bumbry, and his son, former Bay Sox outfielder, uh, Stephen Bumbry. We had a couple of uh, players from the University of Maryland's baseball team, and uh, we had some different instructors come in for that. And, and we were really excited just to just to hear some baseball on our field again. Um, our grounds crew has been doing a great job keeping the field ready to go and, and uh and so we're looking at things using our parking lot, using the ballpark and whatever we can do that's going to be safe, responsible, and, uh, you know, and, and something that our county will approve of. And, uh, and we're nonstop on that. We've been looking at doing drive-in firework shows, drive-in movies, things like that as, as the restrictions kind of open up here a little bit more, we hope, uh, and be able to, to you know, do some different things besides baseball for our fans to come on out and see. And that's, that's what makes minor league baseball. We talk about it all the time about how there's no TV revenues and TV rights. Radio mm-hmm. isn't as big for minor league baseball. So well, you guys always just naturally are, have more of a relationship with the community and more based on uh, bringing people out. And, it and forces, being freaking creative. Right. Yeah. It forces you guys to be a lot more creative <laughs> with the giveaways generally. Uh, yeah. Which is why like, I believe you guys were the first minor league team to put out these undefeated shirts which is really we smart. And then it looks like they all copied you because it's a wonderful idea. Um, but yeah, that- it, was a, it, was a fun, uh, it was a fun thing to do. It's something that started about almost about a month ago, about three weeks before the season ended uh, or was canceled. Uh, I had this idea one afternoon and, and it just popped into my head. And so I contacted one of my, uh, one of my suppliers that we, we purchased merchandise from t-shirts. And I said, Hey, can you do something like this? And he said, we actually already have a little bit of a design done. Um, so let me, let me work it up with our artists. And uh, all of a sudden the, you know, the 2020 undefeated tour t-shirt came to fruition. I actually got the final design um, the day before the season was canceled. And uh, so my plan was, Hey, let's put out the bad news at five o'clock when it goes out from minor league baseball. And at 10 past five, we're going to come out with the fun stuff um, because we need to turn around and try to make some, some lemonade out of lemons. And Mm -hmm. we had so much response from around the country uh, on our, on that t-shirt. And uh, uh, I really give a lot of credit to the, to the supplier, um, company called 108 stitches ironically 108 stitches on a baseball and uh they let us kind of put it out there first because it was our idea we brought to them and then they presented it to all the other teams in minor league baseball and a and a bunch of teams jumped on that train and then some did their own uh their own stuff which has been very creative too but you can can call their own ripoff you know Some of them, some of them were, some of them weren't. Obviously, okay. you know, a lot of them had to have their uh, their stuff going around the same time. We were just kind of the first ones to put it out there. Right, you know, my right. thing was, hey, we got bad news, but let's turn this into something fun uh, as yes. quickly as possible. And you know, ten minutes later, I, I was out there selling T-shirts, and uh, it was really, a, really a positive thing for us, and and uh, kind of turned the narrative from really bad to not so bad and, and let's have a laugh at, at what's going on. And, and, uh, you know, we had t-shirts purchased from 30 different States around the country, which is for us is remarkable. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> and I like that you yeah. are taking the credit for it. We have had Adam on the podcast many times and we, 
whenever it's on promotions, he's always like, oh, it's a team effort, and we come up with these ideas or this idea. You're going right out there that this was your idea, that you, you pushed it was this. A, well, it was, it was me and another uh, member of our staff. Okay. We kind of threw it by, and we kind of we threw it around, and we had to tweak a couple of things. So it's not all me, but it's a great idea. It, yeah, you know, it, was a, it was a good idea from, from our team. And, and you know, I think the, the fun thing for us, though, is that, you know, in, in this time of, of need in our business where there aren't ticket sales, there aren't group sales, there aren't sponsorship sales that a few other teams were able to take even the exact same thing and turn it around and sell hundreds of t-shirts in 24, 48 hours to put some dollars in their pocket too. And, you know, that's what minor league baseball is. I mean, we have a conference every year that we go to where we literally sit in rooms and share these types of ideas with, with the other teams and, you know, I, I always tell people, like, I, I could never imagine Apple and Samsung sitting in a room and one of them going, hey, we've got this 8 billion terabyte hard drive on a phone that's the size of a thumbnail. Go ahead and take it. You know, no, no charge. Um, you know, it, it would never happen. And, and in our business, it does. We literally go to a place and sit there and tell everybody the good things we did and how we did them and hope they take them from us. Um, that's kind of a sign of, uh, you know, respect and, right. and, and a sign that you did something good in, in our business. So uh, to have other teams copy that and have it be successful for them was, was a, a real positive. Uh, and I'm glad that we were able to help them do that. Is there well, a Josh, Ed, just real quick. Yeah. One of my takeaways from, from Paul talking to Paul too, is when he talks about and give credit to, to the team, with these minor league teams, I mean, the team is not like a hundred guys sitting in a room. Like it's it's a handful right. of guys no. yes. who's do who do everything for these minor, minor league teams. So it's just a small group of guys, which always strikes me that run everything. Yeah, I mean, minor league. Yeah, minor league baseball front offices range from six or seven people to maybe thirty, thirty-five people. Um, you know, our full-time staff before we had to go through our layoffs was was you know 14 people on our full-time staff, and that includes yeah, crazy. your head groundskeeper, your stadium operations people who aren't literally sitting in your meetings and right. going over promotions and theme nights and and sponsorships and things. You add a few so interns here and there. Jobs. Yeah, yeah, everybody's got five or six jobs to, to do, and and uh, you know that's I think that's what makes it fun, though. You never know what's going to happen on a particular day. Um, you know, you, you never know if you're going to pull tarp 14 times or you're going to be able to put the next uh, world's best promotion on uh, and, and, and sell, the, sell the ballpark out. Right. So, right. Uh, uh, well, speaking of promotions, while we're on this subject, is there a promotion you're disappointed that we're missing this year? That you, was there something you were looking forward to? Yeah, I, I think um, one of our uh, really cool giveaways this year um, and it's really ironic because they just came in uh, two days ago. We just got the shipment in. Um, so the, the I guess, uh, part two, the Top Gun movie, uh, part two was going to come out this summer. And uh, back in, in June, I think we were going to do it on June 12th, or 13th, something like that. We were actually going to do uh, an Austin Hayes Top Gun bobblehead giveaway. Oh, my and gosh. And we nicknamed we nicknamed him Glove Man because you had to have that that you know pilot moniker. So we nicknamed oh him Glove gosh. Man, and we put him kind of in like this diving pose, dressed as a Top Gun, you know, in that in that you know in a flight uh, suit. airman outfit in a flight suit um, with his name and number on the back, 
of it. And we had Austin Gloveman Hayes. And I actually worked with Austin to, to pick out the moniker uh, that he was comfortable with. And he really liked Gloveman and kind of hopes it sticks, you know, uh, going forward. So I actually just got those in two days ago in our office. And I can't even tell you how awesome they look. The pictures were great. The bobblehead looked 10 times better than the pictures ever were. So now we've got to figure out what we're going to do with those. If we're going to do something this year, if we're going to kind of make them part of our holiday ticket packages or hold them for next year, because the movie's now not going to come out till like, I think they said December 22nd, 23rd, maybe if the theaters are open. So uh, um, Phil, that, that's the most Austin description for a bobblehead yeah. I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> amazing it's my business man I've, no. been, I've been doing this 23 years man i, I can i can describe anything <laughs> right right no no this sounds i love that bobblehead. i think you could you could save this for next year and it doesn't matter the, mo- the movie could i'll come line out. up right now for it i'm where, yeah. where's the line yeah. i'm getting in line right now yeah, that, that one sounds that's very exciting it'll definitely yeah. have lines up love lines man up. i love that yeah, yeah and it's for cool now when on... you can actually work with the player on it too you know and you get them invested in it as opposed a lot of times we don't you know, we don't have their, you know, have yeah. their direct connection or something. It's like, ah, yeah. let's, you know, let's make Manny Machado Batman, you know, and call him Batmany, and, you know, hope somebody doesn't find out at Marvel or something like that. <laughs> right. but, uh, well, that you know, I... and sometimes we do that. But uh, but to have Austin involved with it, they're like, hey, can you make me diving and make me look really cool and you know, put my name on the back? And, you know, I, I gave him like six or seven, you know, kind of kind of airman names and, and uh Glove Man was the one that stuck, uh, stuck. So, you know, that was the the one that we went with, which was really cool. That that's awesome. Yeah, I was just as you were saying that, I was looking on my shelf and looking at. I've got the uh, Batmany and Iron Manny, and I was my, was my exact thought was: does, do those things like embarrass Manny Machado that that minor leaguers are running with it? But to work with the player sounds awesome. You want the player then proud of that. Yeah, because they're gonna, you know, they're gonna turn around and you know and tweet it and and put it out in their social media and be be proud of it too, you know. So when when the when the so the process on a bobblehead is we send all the pictures and kind of everything to the company. They they have somebody that creates a, a, a basically a mold, a clay mold out of it. Then they send the pictures back to me and we can modify it. Hey, the the nose isn't quite big enough, or hey, let's shrink the cheeks a little bit, or you know whatever you need to do. Most of the time they're they're pretty dead on, um, so there's not a whole lot to do with it. So then the changes are made, and then they paint it and send pictures back to you, and you can change up different colors, or uh, maybe the skin tone might not be right, or hey, the the color of the orange on our logo is a little bit off, or what whatever whatever you need to do. Um, but a lot of times they get it pretty, pretty dead on there too. And then, um, you know, if there's a sponsor in it or something, putting their logo on it, and then you create the the custom box to it. So every, every step of it, you know, I, I took Austin through it. I would text him the pictures of the, of the mold and then the paint and get his thoughts on it. So he really had, you know, kind of that buy-in never had that with Manny or, or anybody like that. But, uh, I have a couple of times with Trey Mancini and I have with, uh, uh, Al Bumbry, we did one. I, I got his buy-in on it. We actually had it when we did Mike Messina's last year. Uh, we had Mike involved in the process on it too, which was really cool. Um, so it's it's nice when you get when you get that you know that part of it uh, you know where they're giving you kind of the thumbs up, the okay. Hey, I don't look like a goof, 
Um, you know, that's, I think that's the biggest thing. Just don't make me look like an idiot or a goof in my, in my bobblehead <laughs> and, uh, and they're okay with it. So especially yeah, if it's your first, yes. <laughs> you know, it, it makes you wonder after all that work to go into a bobblehead, how Josh has a black Brian Roberts on his shelf. Like how did <laughs> that slip yeah, through the yes. cracks? Every now and then he you probably get the... wasn't too, uh, too involved on that one. <laughs> it was just a bad yeah. paint job. Yeah. Yeah. Everything very bad. The same. Um, uh, they, I sent the, get... they sent the summer picture of him. Right, <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, I, I, I want to get into your uh, past a little bit here, according to your bio. Now, you were born in New Hampshire, so you're a New England guy. Did you grow up as a Boston Red Sox fan? I did, yeah. I was born in uh, about, just about outside of Boston in a town called Concord, Mass., which is very historic, obviously, okay. Revolutionary sure, War, yeah. et cetera. Then I went so, to school so... in Manchester, New Hampshire. So, uh, if I may ask, where do your allegiances now lie, Phil? Well, you know, it's it's difficult. Um, <laughs> as you guys probably know, when, right, when you're from Boston. up there, when, when you're from up there, it's very hard to not be from up there. Um, yeah. So, you know, for me, I'm still a Boston sports fan. Um, through and through, I have to be. Um, yeah. For me, growing up, I was for me number one was was being a Boston Bruins fan. Uh, a very good friend of my family was the vice president of the Boston Bruins, so uh, he was an NHL Hall of Famer, and and uh, just some of the experiences I got to do with the Boston Bruins when I was growing up were were things that kids would never be able to do. So yeah. I, that that to me was really cool. Um, you know, Sox were there. My first job actually was an intern with the Red Sox at spring training. And I fell in love with spring training, uh, doing that. Uh, I go every year. Uh, it's just a, a really cool, uh, aspect where you're in Florida, it's 89 degrees and it's 12 back home, you know, <laughs> in March. Um, so, but, but as the years have ticked away, uh, I mean, I am, I'm an Orioles fan. Uh, I am a fan of the players that come through the system. Um, the majority of players I've been with the Bay Sox for 22 years. So I, you know, I've seen a lot of them come through. Um, the majority of them are really good guys. And, you know, where my job is, is to, uh, you know, do events with them, bring them into the community, do things in the ballpark with them. I have to have a relationship with them and I don't try to ask them to do too much. Um, but I'm also there. You know, if they need a, a round of golf somewhere or tickets to Six Flags or something, I'm that guy, too. So, uh, you know, I try to have a relationship with them so that, you know, if there's something that they need, I help out with housing, with host families and hotel rooms and things. So the ones that, you know, need something, I try to help them out with and, and they try to hit me back at the same time and help me out in the things that, that we need to get done. And, you know, that way, you know, when, when they move up and move on, hopefully I can give them a shout here and there and not inundate them too much. And, uh, and, and we can still have a good positive time. And when I see them at Camden Yards, it's a, it's a hug and a handshake or, uh, or something like that. Very, very rare that I, I don't have that ex experience and relationship with, with the guys. So it, it's, it's been really, really good. Um, I want our guys meaning the Oriole guys to do well. I want to see them wherever they're at, whether it's with the Orioles or another team. I want them to have great careers. Um, maybe not so much when Boston comes to town, but you know, <laughs> the other hundred and the other 150 games during the year. Yeah. Kill hey, everybody and, in the American and national league. <laughs> there is, there's a lot of the teams and I, I have nothing against Boston fans who are from Boston. I, my only right. issue is with Boston fans who are from Severna park. That's my only issue. So, <laughs> so you're good. Um, 
Do you have one or two like favorite players that that you've really enjoyed working with over the past what eleven years? Is that how long you've been with Bowie? Eleven years. Twenty-two. Yeah, where'd oh, you got He just said twenty-two. Do you just say I'm, I'm bad at math? <laughs> he's I'm he's sorry. doing with the base. I, uh, That's a long time. Yeah, I, oh yeah, twenty-two years. Of the base I, I Sox players weren't born. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's. Uh, I started with the Bay Sox in 1999, and, and uh, the Bay Sox were only six years old, or going into their sixth year. So I'm wow. I'm the longest tenured employee ever in the Bay Sox history. Um, I, I guess I'm the the historian, so to speak. Um, I've held. Yeah pretty much every every type of position in the organization you can have um so i'm a long timer there and, and that's very rare in minor league baseball to start with a team and be through that long i mean most people start hit a sales job for a couple of years move on and you know yeah i, I was i've been lucky enough to, to stay in one area and kind of kind of see everything through but I, i've had a number of of um guys that that are kind of favorites and and it's really for many different reasons. Um, there are a couple of guys on, on the 99 team, which is my first team. I'm 23 years old. They're 23 years old and, you know, 22 years old. And, you know, after a game, we'd go out and have a couple of beverages and have some fun. And, you know, the dynamic was so much different. Now I'm 45 and they're still 22 and 23 and I'm not doing that anymore. Um, but, you know, just being able to share, uh, you know, time and conversations, you know, for me, one of my favorites is Caleb Joseph. He spent so many years with us in Bowie. And I get, you know, I think one of the cool things for me was I got to see him develop into a major league catcher. When he first got to us, he, he wasn't, um, he could hit, mm. but the defense really wasn't there. And I saw him put in the work every day and put in the extra work. And I saw him get depressed and I saw him get PO'd and I saw him you know, almost want to quit. But then I saw him decide to come back and they sent him to us. And he was like, this is it. If I don't make it out of here this year, I'm done. And we had conversations about that throughout the season. Like, you know, and he, and he went out there and, you know, almost hit 300, almost had 30 home runs, almost had a hundred RBIs and probably would have, if he didn't get sent to triple a for the past, you know, in the last week and a half of the season and you know all of a sudden he's on the he's on the call-up list the next year to Baltimore and and uh you know I I love that type of a story um you know I saw Jason Worth as a catcher um most mm -hmm. people don't remember that he was drafted as a catcher in the yeah. Orioles organization he went on to become an all-star and make millions of dollars as an outfielder but you know just being able to hang around with guys like that um, a guy named Rick Short that most Oriole fans may know uh, back in the you know, 97, 98, 99 time frame. And this guy could hit anything. And back then, if you didn't have a position that you excelled in, you didn't get a shot. And nowadays, that versatility where you can play four positions and be a DH is, is what every manager is looking for. Uh, back then, it you know those days it, it really wasn't. That's why it took Howie Clark so long to get to the big leagues. But Shorty and I had you know a, a great relationship. And when he finally got called up to the big leagues by the Nationals, I actually sent him a fruit basket <laughs> to uh, to RFK Stadium. You know, uh, and he remembers that. And and we chat That's here cool. and there. Um, so it's not really you know like the star guys. Those guys I try to leave 
alone, so to speak. You know, they have enough yeah. pressure on them. They're expected to perform every day. They're going to play six, seven days a week. They're the ones doing the interview stuff. I try to kind of leave them alone. You know, the Matt Weeders of, of the world when he was coming up and the Mannies. Of course, I'm going to talk to them and, and say, hey, but, you know, I'm not sitting there trying to, you know, trying to beat down their door like everybody else is. Uh, you know, I just try to treat them like, like regular people and, and hopefully, you know, that's, that's enough. Um, but a lot of great stories throughout the years and, uh, you know, really cherish the time that I've had in, in this game. Yeah, I pulled up that 99 roster, and then I was quickly reminded how dark those years were for Oriole fans. <laughs> but it does show Jason Worth was 20 years old back then in 99. So you yep. really did see – that's kind of cool with minor leagues that you get to see these guys grow up and become men. Yeah, I mean, you think about Manny Machado. You know, I, I tell this story a lot is, you know, he's a shortstop for the Bay Sox, and he's playing you – know, he's hitting – uh, you know, 265, 270 for us. It wasn't like Manny is Manny in, in, in Baltimore. And then all of a sudden one day, you know, I'm looking out there and it's BP and he's taking some balls, at ground balls at third base. And I don't think anything of it. Nobody does. Eh, everybody moves around. He, you know, he's played third, second, whatever. And then at the game that night, he's, he's in at third base. And we're like, we had to call down to our manager and go, is this a typo? And he's like, no, he's playing third tonight. Okay. The next night he's doing the same thing. And the next day he goes to the big leagues and starts at third base. And we're like, ah, there we go. Um, you know, nobody could say anything, but, you know, two nights in a row started to get the wheels turning a little bit. Like, hmm, I wonder if something's up and, you know, two games in double A at third base. And now he's in the big leagues. And, and uh, you know, I think those are some of the fun stories, you know, seeing a guy like a Mike Yastrzemski put so much time in and get hurt and come back and, go up to triple yeah. a and come back to double a and then and then to go see what he does in san francisco last last year is you know those are the real the, the cool stories that i that i like to see the you know the david freitas's of the world you know a catcher for us on our championship team in 15 leads the uh, pacific coast league in hitting last year like what catcher leads a league in hitting <laughs> ever you know uh and he did it you know it's just those are really cool things and you know, things that I'll shoot a text off to a guy and be like, Hey, what, you know, what, what are you doing out there? What are you eating? You know, or something like that. Uh, you know, how are the Wheaties today? <laughs> is, is there anyone on the current roster who, who kind of is that guy for you now, the guy who you see putting in extra work, they get the guy who kind of has impressed you from, from last season, I, I guess. You know, there's a bunch of them, actually. Um, you know, first one that comes to mind is Michael Bauman. Um, when he came yeah. up to us, it was, uh, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about him, but he he turned heads quickly. And, you know, his first couple of starts with us, obviously, was about mid-season when he came up from Frederick. And then, and then he goes out and throws a complete game, nine-inning no-hitter. And, and, of course, that was, you know, all over everywhere. And, you know, I just saw the extra work that he was putting in and, and, you know, kind of the, the, the mindset that he had when he came to the ballpark every day was I'm, I'm here to get better. Um, I'm here, you know, of course we have, you know, a lot of good guys come through and I always say to the guys at the end of the season, well, I hope you, I hope to see you next year, but I hope not to, right. you know, I, because they're such good people and they're helpful. I hope to have them back for, for my sake. But for their sake, I hope they never come back again, you know, sure, yeah. um, Zach Lowther, you know, Alex Wells, just just good guys to be around. Um, 
you know, and, and guys with a lot of talent uh, that, that, that you can see kind of moving up the ranks. Um, Mason McCoy, Ryland Bannon, Dean Kramer, Bruce Zimmerman. I, I love Bruce. Uh, great guy, local guy. Um, you know, I'm really rooting for him just being, he's kind of the underdog of, of this crop of, of young pitchers because he wasn't drafted by this, this current regime. But I think he goes out there and he just impresses every time he throws the ball, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, I think at some point, you know, you're going to see him up in Baltimore with a chance to prove himself and, and be that hometown guy, so to speak, does good. Uh, and, and I'm rooting for him big time. Yeah, it's been, I mean, I mean, it's been terrible for, for people who work in minor league baseball. But for, as Oral fans, like, I was looking forward to more going to minor league games and watching these players. Um, and if you look at a team like Bowie, um, a, a lot of our young kind of best prospects, specifically pitching prospects, last year were in, were in single A. So projectably, like, like they, 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 they could have made that jump this year. Rushman perhaps could, could have made that jump to, 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 to Bowie this year. So it's really unfortunate because it was setting up to be kind of this amazing year at Bowie as these prospects come up. And I guess hopefully next year will, will, will be that year when you see some of these young players from single A, which dominated at single A, come up and play at double A. Yeah, I was, I was really looking forward to personally seeing D.L. Hall throw. Yes. Uh, I, mean, I got a chance to meet him a couple of times, but, but I think he was pretty much targeted to start the season with us and, you know, kind of see him and, you know, it always depends with the Orioles on how many kind of minor league free agent AAA guys they bring aboard to kind of stock Norfolk. Um, and, and in many years past, maybe under the last regime, they would bring in a lot of those guys, um, maybe not so many over the past couple of years. But, um, you know, where even this year, if we had started on time, you might have seen uh, an Alex Wells or a, or a, or a Louther or somebody come back to start the year with us, uh, maybe for a, a month or two, mm-hmm. uh, just, just to, to kind of, you know, weed out what's going on at the big league level, then the triple a level. Uh, I was looking forward to seeing Bauman start the year with us. I mean, he only had half a year. Um, so my thought was, you know, probably would start with us, but then you're looking at, you know, maybe your top three pitchers are, you know, Louther or a Wells, one of those two guys, potentially a Bauman and a, and a DL Hall that's, yeah, that's starting a the season with you. Like, you know, wow, that would be pretty nasty one, two, three for, for the rest of the league. Um, and then seeing what else kind of kind of comes through in, in terms of the offense and, and uh, what goes on there. So, yeah, it's it really is a fun time in the, in the Orioles minor league system. I mean, in, in the years that I've been, been around, there's been some great years and there's been some lean years. As we all know, um, the, yeah. the early 2000s weren't, uh, weren't the greatest. Um, some good guys, some good, you know, decent players. But, uh, you know, I think some really good guys and really good, you know, good potential, you know, Baltimore Orioles down, down the road, not too far down the road that, that we've seen in the past couple of years come through Bowie and, and, and the next couple of years we'll see them. And, and like you said, this is kind of a, you know, a, a real downer for a year where we didn't get a chance to see those guys further their development on our field and, uh, you know, kind of solidify themselves in that next rung and see who could make the jump. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, as far as um, what, what you all have got going on and um, whatever promotions or announcements you guys have going on in the offseason, um, is the best way to kind of follow along just to follow the, the Twitter at Bowie Bay Sox? Yeah, you know, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We post a, a lot of things between Adam Pohl and myself. We're on there a lot. Um, 
obviously our website and uh, we update as you know as much as we can through our email blast so those are really cool ways to, to keep in touch with us but the social we hit really quick um, you know we're trying to keep people engaged we have a uh, a really cool thing that we do uh, twice a week. It's called the Double A Show. Uh, many different connotations. We have Adam Pohl and our PA announcer, Adrian Robertson, uh, for A&A. And then we're the Double A affiliate. So the Double A Show is Tuesdays and Thursdays. And um, they go ahead and, and do a, uh, a video interview with either a former player um, or a recent uh, former player. Uh, or a member of our staff. Uh, we have one that was coming out tomorrow that'll be of our GM, Brian Shawcross. But we've had uh, some really cool interviews with some past Bay Sox uh, legends like you know Calvin Pickering and Ken Arnold and, uh, yeah. and guys like that. And we're, we're always looking to grab a few more. Um, hmm. Just uh, actually this week, um, uh, I think Thursday, they're going to they're gonna record an interview with uh, former Bay Sox and Oreo, Eugene Kingsale. People haven't heard, of, heard from King in a long time. I should I should say Sir Eugene Kingsale, uh, but they're gonna they're gonna contact him and he's gonna call in from Aruba, uh, so that'll be fun to to catch up with him. He's uh, one of our all time greats and uh, that'll air next week. So yeah, it's uh, it's really fun. We post that on uh, Instagram and uh, and Facebook and also a page on our website. So. Uh, people that want to kind of see some of those guys from the past uh, can catch up on a bunch of those there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before before you get out of here, though, I, I got to ask, right? The um, I guess manager Hyde announced um, the that the Bowie Bay Sox Stadium will be used as kind of the alternate site for the taxi squad or whatever they're calling it as a training facility. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? Do you know like what that will mean for you and and kind of how and how how that affects your job and I mean, I assume there's like a lot of hurdles as far as like fans going to want to come and poke in to see them practice and like how you handle that. And um, I don't know uh, what, how, how are you and, guys preparing And I'm that? sure you had to work with the county and the state and everything just to get approval to oh, yeah. use your, your field. Yeah, I'm sure it was complicated. yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a process, but, um, you know, I, you know, we're excited to have them at the ballpark. Um, you know, for fans that are listening, it is completely 100% closed. Um, no practices okay. will be open. There will be no access to any players. Um, there's no autograph opportunities. There's no meet and greet opportunities. There's nothing. It's going to be pretty much just like it is at Camden Yards. It is completely closed down. Um, and this is all from the Orioles. Um, they're, they have to every day um, – you know, the, each member of the of the Orioles staff, players, coaches, et cetera, have to go through uh, certain entrances to to get into the locker rooms, and they're going to have social distancing and spreading things out, and sure. uh, certain protocols that they have to go through. So, um, you know, people that are saying, "Hey, I'm going to go sit in the parking lot and buoy," you're not going to be able to do that. Um, the, unfortunately, people will be ushered out of the parking lot. So. Right. Uh, if, the these autograph guys, folks, if these guys yeah. have the chance to get caught up to the majors, it means that, yeah, all of you are going to have to go through the same uh, safety yeah. restrictions that they're going through at Camden Yards and travel and all that, right? Yeah, you know, I think the major leagues, if I've read correctly, they have kind of like three tiers of personnel, like tier one is the players and the coaches and the managers and, and the instructors and the trainers, et cetera. And tier two, there's some personnel that can can access clubhouses on a, on a regular day. If this was the 2020 season, 
I'm on the field. I'm in the locker room dozens of times a day. I, I cannot even go near them. Um, so when I come to work every day, I can go out onto our stadium concourse. Um, and that's about it. I can't go any closer. Um, and I've, you know, I've been there 22 years. Uh, so it's, it's really buttoned yeah. down. Um, they, they want, you know, just like at Camden Yards, these guys are, are going to, you know, they're there to do work and then go home uh, or go, go to where they're staying. And, and that's going to be the same with the guys at our place uh, for as long as the MLB season runs, um, you know, whether it's a day, a month, two months, whatever it is. Uh, so hopefully they can get through that. But yeah, our guys, uh, you know, the guys that are going to be with us, um, that's 100% everything Baltimore Orioles. We really don't have <clears throat> a whole lot to do with it, except we're the facility for it. Um, mm-hmm. The majority of, of our of our involvement is the field itself and our grounds crew, you know, uh, setting up for whether it's workouts, inter-squad games, uh, batting practice, whatever they're going to do on a daily basis and, and whatever time they're going to do it at. Um, we still don't know, you know, a majority of that, but uh, we know that they're going to be a bunch of guys there and, and hopefully, um, you know, they'll be able to get their work in and, and, uh, and do it at a nice facility. And then maybe they'll get a chance to go play in Baltimore too. I, I haven't heard it's coming yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I got to be honest with you, Phil. I feel like I'm getting some mixed messages here. On the one hand, I understand you're saying I can't show up at all. I'm not allowed near or in the parking lot even. On the other hand, you say you have a uh, office full of glove man bobbleheads, which is enticing me <laughs> to show up at at, at Bay Sox Stadium. So I'm just getting some mixed messages here. Well, also he gets yeah. There's the... no mixed messages. Don't come. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. <laughs> but hey, at least while we're all, uh, you won't have the Bay Sox, but you will get to go out and see some baseball every day. Yeah, at least uh, we'll turn the music on and uh, we'll hear a little crack of the bat. And maybe uh, maybe there'll be a couple of balls go over the wall and, uh, and, and that'll be fun. You know, like I said, hopefully there'll be an inter-squad game or two. I'm, my gut feeling is, you know, just from my own baseball experience, I imagine they'll do a lot of those because they've got to be game ready. Um, yeah. You know, I and, you know, we're, we're – we're waiting for the list on who's going to come to us. I mean, obviously when the baseball season starts, there'll be about 30 guys. And then when it gets reduced down a little bit here and there, there'll be a couple more guys. Um, you know, we're excited to have some of the, the coaches who have been with us in the past coming back to town, Gary Kendall and, you know, obviously Buck Britton and guys like that, Butch Davis. Uh, so it'd be fun to see those guys uh, running around and hearing those voices back on our field again, too. Uh, which we haven't heard in, in a little while. So it'll be fun. But, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, it's a work environment for these guys and, and a much stricter work environment than they've ever been under. Um, so, you know, we have to take that into account too. Yeah. And, and, and what has been a very kind of ugly season so far, it's, or a, no season, right? Uh, it's nice to see a little bit of glimpse of baseball, both at the magic level. Um, well, I guess only at the magic level, but it's, it's nice to see that that's, that's starting, and hopefully there'll be actual games and, and this thing will work out. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard a groundskeeper before tell me I can't wait for people to scruff up my field. I mean, I've never <laughs> heard that before. Um, 
you know, but then again, back in 1999, I never heard a groundskeeper say, why don't we do a, a scout sleepover on the field and have people pitch tents? So you never know what a groundskeeper is going to say <laughs> these days, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, they spend so much time uh, cutting the grass and making it perfect. They'd like to actually get it used for a little bit. Yeah, have someone uh, come well, that's look a plus at it for them. Yeah. There you go. Let the, it's pretty. Let, let the taxi squad camp out in the outfield. You can still do the candy <laughs> drops out of the helicopter for yeah, the, for be the your taxi own little squad. bubble there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure those guys would love the candy drop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Phil, be it's fun. been a pleasure. To, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate you coming on Section Three Three Six. Anytime. Uh, thanks for having me, and I uh, love to do it again. All right, thank Absolutely. you. Fun conversation. Thanks. Bye. All right, we appreciate Phil joining us. I'll tell you what, Josh. Sometimes, like on TV. You see people, even podcasts, like do like five minute interviews uh-huh. with someone. It's I don't know how anyone interviews anyone for under twenty minutes. No, no, I told him fifteen minutes, and he stayed for forty. And it was yeah, like I, I could have talked another hour with him. We could have easily and I feel done like, another forty. Yeah, it feels great. Uh, and I feel like whenever we have anyone on the show, we never can keep it under. Like the guest will always go at least a half hour. Well, because we don't have guests on Section Three Thirty Six a whole lot. And when we have a guest on, it's because we actually want to talk to the person. Right. And we, they've got, we're not doing just a it's give us five guest. minutes because you yeah. write for the Orioles or write about the Orioles. Like, there's right. lots of big guys that cover the Orioles that we've never had on Section 336 because they're fine. <laughs> they're whatever. Because they have their opinions they're, and probably the same as my opinions. And, right. And we, what's exactly. The point? Yeah. Where Phil could give us a different perspective. And I like, yeah. I want to have him on again sometime because I really we didn't even get to talk about the whole future prospects of minor league baseball and all of that. Yeah, so. I thought about going at the end, but then I was like, I don't want to end on a no, downer. And so, I felt yeah. like I didn't either because I felt like that's another thirty minute conversation. Like you yeah, can't yeah, squeeze that in, and I don't want to have these. It's back to our not wanting to have five minute conversations. Yes, like I said last week, my son and I are now going to lighthouses because we can't go to minor league baseball. Games. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's hitting it's hitting hard here in this Roca household. Right, right. Were you uh, were you proud of me for not asking for a glove ban? I, I thought for sure. I thought for sure you would get all cheesy and go, and, and ask him uh, uh, to, to, to give to send to me give one. Glove ban. No, no. Yeah, I thought I thought for sure you were going to do it. That's why I had to jump right in there right after he started talking well, about it. Come on, it's an awesome bobblehead. It is. It sounds so awesome. It, the only thing that. It, the only thing that I think it was, it was cooler than Glove Man was when Adam a Is few years ago fun? told us that they had the idea for a uh, Jonathan Scope scoop of ice cream, yeah. where, of Jonathan Scope as an ice cream cone, but they didn't get it yeah. worked out. That would yeah, have been cooler. Cool. But, but what, yeah, but I like this Glove Man. Because you're right. There's a bunch of superhero stuff, which is – I'm not super into superheroes, whatever. Uh, what's, what's the coolest um, bobblehead you have? I would say, well, the, I like the, all right, so the, I like the Adam Jones with the blowing a bubble and jumping over the wall. Now there's two. You have, you have yours in front of you, so you're kind of cheating. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm looking. The Kevin Gossman's cool. Right? I was going to say the Kevin Gossman on the dragon is really cool because it's yeah. different. Anyone on a dragon out. is cool. Yeah. Um, Put me on a the, dragon. It's pretty cool. The Oriole bird with the Maryland bib and crab cakes. And a, a crab mallet and stuff. That's cool oh. because it's a Maryland thing. I guess. But as far as baseball, looking baseball, I mean, the Cal 2131 is nice. But my favorite is Buck Showalter leaning on the green railing. 
Yes. That's my favorite of the Orioles well, but what about, from a baseball what if, perspective. What about like theme ones? Do you have any other theme ones that I'm uh, – like, Yeah, I've got I, – oh, um, Crush, Crush and Samson is a good oh, one. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, a good that's one good with one. him as the that's superhero. On my tape. desk at school. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's good a good one. one. I've got uh, Iron Manny and Batman. Disinfect that. And then, Iron Manny and Batman? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have Iron Manny. That's let's fine. Let's see. Oh, I've got the Golden Bundy Dundee. Oh, I have that one too. Yeah, that's yeah. another good one. That's, that, and, that's and that's a, a good, good idea. One. And that's the type of thing. I gave you that one. You did. Don't, don't forget. You did send yeah. me that one. Um, but most Wait, of my others are, are baseball themed. Uh, that yeah. was a Frederick one. Yeah. And, I, because, and they all are. Like the Iron Manny, Batmanny, and the They're Golden Frederick. Dundee Bundy are all Frederick. Yeah. Remember, and the Orioles. Like Game of Thrones, Gosman won. That was a special giveaway, not a gate giveaway. Right. Um, but that's the, probably the coolest one the Orioles have done as far as a theme. And these themes are fun, but you can't. But there's also lots of lame themes that are out there. But Glove Man uh, with Top Gun that's sounds cool. awesome. Yeah, it reminds and me. And Austin Hayes. I mean, the, he's the guy I'm probably most excited to see on the Orioles this year. Is Austin Hayes? I mean, you're always thinking of him making that leaping catch, yeah. pumping his chest and thumping his chest. Like, that's, that's cool. That's this, cool. This, the Glove Man one reminds me of one that Bowie did years ago for Manny Machado, where they did, and I don't remember the name of it, but, but it was Manny was a pirate. Mm. And he, it was Manny Machado dressed up as a pirate. And it was like a yeah. Pirates of Caribbean thing. You could get, I bet there's a pretty cool collection, even now with the Padres, of Manny in all these different outfits. Because you can just put man into everything. Yeah, I mean, um, and because he's a he's an absolute stud, Josh. I don't want to trigger you here. We can, we can wrap up in a second, and I don't want to trigger. Well, you. Well, we've already talked about COVID. So. Um, yeah, I don't want to trigger you again because I know how upset you got with Lamar Jackson replacing Joe Flacco as the face of the franchise. Is is could there be a case made if Austin Hayes comes out and like is on fire, you know, and he just has that kind of energetic attitude? Um, could Austin Hayes become the new face of the franchise, Josh? And how would that make you feel? Instead of, instead of, uh, <laughs> I found the Manny Machado. It was Captain Manny Machado. Oh, at least give the dude an eye patch. Uh, right. Um, the, uh, you mean over Trey Mancini. That's right. interesting. Well, why Austin Hayes? Why? Or who else would it be? Because yeah. Austin Hayes is exciting. Yeah. I call, him, I call him Glove Man. I guess. That's my nickname for him. <laughs> He's, he's, he's excited. That's, that's, that's what some people know about that nickname. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he's fiery. He's young, right? He's still, I don't know, what, yeah. 22, 23. Um, definitely part of the future, not part of the past. You're uh, right. You're center right. fielder, like key position, center field. You're right. You're right. He is. You're right. He could be the new face of the organization. You're right. Because it's not or he could turn to Cedric Mullins. I don't know. I don't know. It's not <laughs> either well, one. right? Because we tried to make Cedric Mullins the face, and he quickly disappeared. Um, the only other option would be. I mean, the problem is, Adley Rushman has been declared king and savior of this team. Oh yeah, ahead of true. time. So that's true. Austin but Austin Hayes has a couple of years to establish himself in the in the majors. Right, right. So he before could, Adley gets there, you can try to set him up as that like veteran Adam Jones style player. So when the young guys come up. But you only got I mean, like two years to go. Austin Hayes is like a year older than Adley Rushman. <laughs> I know, but he's going to have probably two years in the big leagues before, before uh, Adley. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I, don't, I think it's really hard to get past Adley Rushman. Like, 
Adley Rush. But he's not the face of the franchise yet. Like this year, it's up for grabs. For this season, I mean, freaking yeah. on the on the on the cover, uh, the MLB schedule cover it was Chris Davis. Yeah, he's not the face of the franchise. No, no. But uh, John Means could be. He's going to be your opening day starter. Yeah, but it's hard to do it as a pitcher because you're it? not out there every day. Yeah, it's hard to do it as a pitcher. Right. Austin Hayes is the guy. Center field's the position where you can make the cool plays and get on the highlight reels and all of that. Yeah. So yeah, it's Austin Hayes' opportunity. Sure. Right. Just some, it's just interesting. It doesn't matter. It's dumb. Face the franchise, dumb stuff. But but, but I get what you're saying because I last season I remember is when it was irritating when you would drive down uh, and see the big banner on the side of Camden Yards and it's like Chris Davis, Manny Mis- Trey Mancini, and uh, Alex Cobb or someone, and it's like what? We don't have yeah. anyone else. I gotta set my phone. I don't know how you do this. I'm sure there's a way to do alerts on Twitter where if anyone tweets Glove Man. It alerts me so I can be up to date when Bowie Bay Sox says what they're going to do with the glove man bobbleheads. Uh, yeah, I don't, I mean. Did you think, Josh, that Phil was giving me mixed messages about, like, maybe, like, no one can show up, but, like, Matt, if you show up, <laughs> like, I'll hook you up. I kind of felt that he was kind of giving you that, uh, that message, you know, between the lines. There was no message. He clearly said, stay away. I'm going to go back and re-listen to the interview because I thought he was kind of hinting that if I show up at his office, he might slide one under the door or something. So um, I'm I, I was looking on Twitter to see if there's a, if they ever put out a picture of it and it doesn't look like they did. No, that's this is the first anyone was ever heard of it. This is Section 36 breaking news about this bobblehead. <laughs> I don't quite think people it was when they news. hear this they're going to lose their mind at that description of that bobblehead. <clears throat> here's some, here's someone who tweeted on June 15th. Did you just search Glove Man? I searched Glove Man Hayes, but this is just <laughs> some guy who tweeted. What what would have been uh, what would have been for MILB for bobbleheads? Uh, the Jacksonville Shrimp were gonna have a Seinfeld night for the Ocean Cod with a bobblehead <laughs> with a bunch of shrimp. I don't understand. So, that. I do not know either. It okay. must be something from Seinfeld. <laughs> Is there a joke that I'm? I'm- yeah. I mean, Seinfeld and shrimp. I don't. I guess that. so. I don't remember that Seinfeld joke. I got another meeting with Riley. Hold the audience, and I bet I can get him to try that line again. <laughs> Who is Riley? George was scarfing shrimp at this meeting, and this guy says, "Hey, George, the ocean call. They're running out of shrimp." <laughs> <laughs> so there you Jerks go. are called, and they're running out of you. So, all right, so yeah, I am a little joke. disappointed that yeah. the Jacksonville sh- shrimp uh, are not doing the the George. Bobblehead that doesn't look like George eating a bunch of shrimp. That doesn't look like George at all. It doesn't yeah. look like a George at all. And yeah. then the uh, woodpeckers were going to do a J. Cole bobblehead, who's like a singer or rapper or something, musician. And the indie Indians were going to do a Cole Tucker night. So what you're telling me, Josh, the is no Bay one Sox, is calling Austin Hayes glove man at this point. The Bowie so, Bay, and he says on here, the Bowie Bay Sox on June 13th were going to do Top Gun night. With Austin Gloveman Hayes. Okay, I'm so making it. it is like, whenever I tweet Austin Hayes, the two times I tweet this year, I'm gonna tweet Austin Hayes Gloveman. Austin Gloveman Hayes. Uh, Austin hashtag Gloveman Hayes. Yeah, I, I don't. Guess. I mean, <laughs> either way, it's a cool giveaway, and they haven't even put it out on their Twitter yet. So hopefully they'll start sharing it on Twitter now that they've got boxes and boxes of them in. Yeah. 
Or maybe they, when I'll stop by and pick mine up, I'll share it on Twitter. <laughs> right. Uh, what they should do is they should disinfect them and just leave them out on, like, the baseball field for the taxi squad players. Yeah. Because, you know, they would have just as much fun with that. Yeah. And get Hide them, them throughout all of PG County. Wouldn't that be fun? The Bay Sox do that them. every year, I think. Do they? They used to. The Golden Louie, and they would hide a, a bobblehead of Louie, their, uh, their mascot. Their mascot, yeah. They used to. I don't know if they still do it. But when I worked in Bowie, I had a coworker who was obsessed with finding the golden Bowie. Oh yeah, I, I vaguely remember that now. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they, I haven't heard that recently, so I don't think they. Still I don't do know. That. Ask you can ask that coworker at our weekly poker game on I Saturday. I know who you're talking about. Fair enough. All right, no. let's get out of here. All right, real um, quick. Yeah. Uh, you all disappointed us with Manscaped, so you still have time. Not not you, Jimmy. No, Jimmy um, supported us. The rest yeah. of you are a bunch of losers. I believe, as Matt said last week. You all know what Manscaped does. Uh, Their copy says to take care of your man boobs and go shave them. So we don't care what you do with the razor, but go check out manscaped.com and use the code BIRDLAND to support us, help us out, and save 20% off. Because, come on, we've given you three months of content without sports. You can help us out. Be less like yourself and more like Jimmy. By the way, Jimmy's rocking. Uh, he's got a new podcast. Think of like week four or five. Bleacher yes. Birds. I listen, Check that out. listen to it today. It's now too. at the point that I'm ready to recommend it. He so, also, they also, yeah, they get better every week. They yep. also do your KBO updates. I don't really care about KBO, but you get some KBO updates on no. there with uh, the co-host Matt. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good for good longtime friends. Uh, kind of like you and I, where they can easily deter into other topics because they've known each other for so long. Yes, not every podcast can do that. We can, they can. It's a cool thing to do. Yep. Um, next week, we'll talk opening day. Next week, we'll talk Chris Davis uh, competition. The bet. Chris Davis bet. The bet. Yeah. The, the, we'll, we'll bring back. You have to bet. remind me, remind our listeners, and remind me what the bet is, and we'll update it based yeah. on the 16th. Yeah, season. I mean, this was a conversation we had in like February, or it must have been February where we had this conversation. Yeah, we'll break it down next week and get all your uh, get ready for open day as we get another week closer to baseball happening. Hopefully, uh, you all listeners stay healthy and hope all these baseball players stay healthy and so we can have baseball in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm trying to flip through my old notes. It, might, it was a long time ago where we actually talked about. Doesn't matter because we're going to talk about it next week. Yep, sounds good. Uh, yeah. In the meantime, write us a review on iTunes after you go order your Manscaped products um, and use the code. What's the code? All right. Episode 361. Okay. Pod 361. Yeah. Is uh, Here's our show notes. We talked about Trey Mancini. Sure. Spring standouts. Rule 5 cuts. The outfield. Uh, farm system ranked number 24. Chris, The Chris Davis bet. Do we need to be concerned about the coronavirus affecting baseball? Spoiler alert. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> and that was from episode 361. Uh, this is episode 378. Yeah. So it's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't need to we don't need to speculate about, you know, make up what we what we thought back then. Like, we can go back and we can see what we thought about it back then. It might, it might be interesting to see what we thought about this whole COVID thing back then. Right. But either way, we will at least get back to the Chris Davis bet and talk about this year. And uh, we'll do our bold predictions for this year. It's been a while since we've done bold predictions. Yeah, it might be interesting with the 60-game season. Yeah. Well, you right. 19, uh, 20, How, how many home runs will Josh have Chris Davis hitting? That's the question for prediction. Oh, All right. Will it be more than Oriole wins? That's right. Um, 
Oh yeah, next week maybe we can do the uh, Orioles Ravens. Yeah, Chris Davis home what's, run. What's thing. the highest number? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, all right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. Write us a review on iTunes. Give us five stars. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow the show at Section Three Three Six Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Section Three Three Six. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. Hey, guys. Have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It They take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans... By fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.